This podcast series has been brought to you by Tesco in partnership with the Camogie Association. Tesco, every little helps. Today we are talking about the young female athlete and we are joined on the pod by Katrina O'Halloran and Kira O'Flynn, who are both team leads with any time of the month, a student-led social enterprise aiming to alleviate the effects of period poverty. Katrina and Kira give great guidance to parents and coaches on periods, period poverty and how they can impact sport participation. They give practical tips on supporting players when it comes to creating a safe and open environment. This is a hugely insightful episode, folks. I would encourage anyone involved in coaching young girls to listen. As always, you can subscribe to the Coaching Bubble podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts or SoundCloud. And you can keep up to date with all things Coaching Bubble on social media at Bubble Coaching. So Kira, Katrina, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, hopefully we can help shine a light on a really important topic and one that probably doesn't get enough airtime. Um, like I'll straight off from the bat myself say I would feel very awkward if I was uh, managing uh, or coaching a group of teenage girls um, if topics like periods or puberty and stuff like that came up. So I suppose before we get really into the to that piece, maybe just talk to to talk through some of the things that uh, we can expect to see as young females develop and as they go through puberty and things like that and what changes we can expect to see and I suppose to gain a better understanding first of all and then we'll talk about some practical tips we can use. Yeah definitely so I'm sure we all know that period like puberty can be a very confusing time you're going through a lot of changes in your body never mind being a normal teenager trying to figure out everything maybe you're in certain secondary school or whatever so when you go through puberty it's very it can be kind of lonely because no one really talks about it about what's happening I think you know you get a basic education in schools but it's still like especially if you start getting your period um like at some stage throughout puberty no one really talks about it so it can be kind of isolating and if at home you don't have that environment where people are openly educating you and telling you about what's happening it can be quite scary um and especially if you're unprepared because I mean a lot of young people, when they get their period at first, for example, it can be quite irregular. So you don't know when to expect it. And then, you know, there's been a lot of young people who've told us um, through messages on our socials that they didn't tell anyone for months when they got their first period. Um, and they didn't fully know what was happening. They didn't know if, I don't know, their blood colour was normal or not. Um, so that's why it can be a very confusing period when you're trying to go through that. Um, so I think it's just so important that we have these conversations and educate people um, so that it is normal like it is a very normal thing to get your period and people should be talking about it and from that young age um, young people should be educated about what's happening to their body okay yeah and and you dead right fully agree with everything you've just said so uh, I put myself in a coach's position let's say I'm coaching a group of under 14 under 15 girls and um, you mentioned there that there's confusion there is maybe the education is not where it needs to be in schools. It's a basic, a, a very basic education. And now I'm thinking, well, I'm a coach here. I'm not a teacher or a parent. I'm not maybe equipped or I don't feel like I'm equipped to uh, have these conversations or to shed light on it or, or any of these things. So for me, w- what do I do in that situation or what changes can I, is there warning signs that I can look out for that I can try and um, help some of those girls that I might maybe coaching? Well, I suppose, like, I know um, when you talk about warning signs there and, you know, like, as a coach and even as a personal kind of experience, I have felt my lowest when I was younger and I was training and I was on my period. But, like, it was visible, 
it was clear that there was something wrong and I wasn't performing to the best of my ability or I wasn't showing up to competitions. Um, and it was all because, you know, I was going through pu puberty and I was having my period and like Katrina there said, like there was such confusion around it. So I didn't know what was happening to me. And I suppose if I didn't know what's happening to me, you can't fault a coach for not knowing either. Um, but like personally, I think, and it's kind of what we believe in any time of the month, is the only thing you can do really is actually just immerse yourself in that conversation, have the conversation. Because, you know, if you have a team of female athletes, that's what 30 young females who are probably menstruating and probably on their period and having low days and their hormones are at them um, and they might not be performing to the best of their ability. So it kind of comes with a bit of responsibility if you're coaching female athletes. Um, but then again, you can't put fault on coaches because it's just not talked about at all. So kind of fostering that conversation, encouraging conversation um, around, you know, menstrual health is probably the best thing you can do. Now, of course, we're not expecting coaches to whip out diagrams of the reproductive system and, you know, learn all the different hormones because we don't know that. You know, we're at any time of the month, we're period activists, but we're not medical students. But yet we're still able to have those conversations and just know what is right to say and how to make people feel comfortable and, you know, like just to feel safe, I suppose the best thing is. Um, that's how yeah, I got so to that, yeah. So what you're describing is basically trying to have an open environment yeah. there where, where where your athletes can feel comfortable coming to you and saying maybe that they're not feeling great or they're they're not feeling their best today and then being able to deal with that conversation and potentially signposting them in in um to maybe someone who has more expertise or maybe someone who can help them a little bit better yeah i think as well like you know it's not as if like you're going to have a young girl who maybe has to do a swimming competition. She's not going to want to drop out of her competition. She's just going to want a coach to be able to help her adapt the kind of state that maybe she's in or the mental state or the physical state to that competition. Um, and I feel like that's where a lot of young girls um, feel a little bit lost because it's like, well, I don't know how to adapt puberty to my sport, so I'll just drop out. Um, and I think finding the balance of being able to adapt yourself and your training to your sport is what we really need to find as coaches parents and of course athletes yeah I think just to add to that it's just so important to have a simple conversation around it because I know like even for me when we were younger like it was just not mentioned at all and like your period can cause such anxiety never mind the physical changes but it's just do you know, like so many sports teams still have white shorts, for example. I know a lot of them are trying to move away from it, but slipping things like that where you're like, oh my God, am I going to leak through? And that's going to be so embarrassing. Like, And it's just things like that where it's constant anxiety about it. Whereas if it's kind of talked about by a coach just to address and be like, look, I know like sometimes you might have cramps, you might not be feeling good for training or a match. Like it's fine if you want to say that because I think a lot of young people, we've even seen like people our age still, you're just like, it's embarrassing to say, oh yeah, I don't, I don't feel bad because I have my period, you know, might just say, oh, I have stomach cramps, or I have a migraine at the moment. So for a young um, player to be able to actually say like, it's my period and be honest is such a big thing, I think. Um, and just having like, be, having a basic conversation, like it's not like coaches have to go into the in-depths about how your period is going to affect your sport and, you know, like when you're going to be on your top days and low days. Um, it's just recognising that it's happening. Um, young people are going through that change and having a safe space where they can talk if they want to. 
Yeah. Okay. So it sounds like then that a main body of work is uh, so, so like, let's say if we talk about coaching structures or coach education, we're always talking about striving to have an open environment where it can go back and forth. And when you're talking about coach education, you're usually talking around player feedback and, and stuff like that. So, so we're trying to extend that now into using, let, letting everyone to be comfortable to have those conversations, even though they're let's be honest they're going to be awkward particularly at the start and particularly if it's male to female um but is there a wider body of work then to be done in terms of education in in terms of educating coaches on on when to expect uh, these potential changes on what to look out for and and simple things that they can do to help without potentially having to get into a conversation but maybe some things that can preempt um some of the challenges that you've outlined already I think definitely, Stephen, there's, of course, a massive um, change that can be made towards education in general and menstrual health. And I feel like if you just take, like, in any time of the month, we have a secondary school program um, where we go into secondary schools and we just educate around menstrual health. Um, the reason we did that is because we have experiences as young people in education. Um, we've experienced the school. We know what's not provided to us in the curriculum. And then... When we looked at the curriculum, it's little to nothing, you know, there's no, it's a literal basic on education. So I feel like the problem is from the very top. Um, if there was a reform of education as a whole, it's definitely in schools. I think, yeah, of course, something would definitely follow for coaches. Um, like you mentioned, like, we don't want coaches to be preparing for Tokyo, like we're not asking them to you know get certain hormones right and know when their young players are their best but just in terms of education I think it can definitely be introduced to coaches training sessions that they get like you mentioned player feedback and everything um just a basic overview of menstrual health as well I suppose the mental side of it like Katrina mentioned there's days when you're not feeling your best and there's days when you don't want to do anything um but if coaches could be even just given encouragement to encourage their players I suppose um to perform and even try the difference that that will have would be insane but I definitely think it can be adapted into coaches training but I think the reform has to come from the top okay okay and so what you've talked about not feeling great um Katrina, you mentioned um, in terms of different gear and stuff like that. So so let's get into some of the practical stuff that we can do. So facilities, I presume we want to make sure that we have adequate facilities. Do we talk to the team, the, the athletes around the gear they're wearing or what they'd like to wear, like colors, etc.? Um, do we talk, do we try to talk about body image? Do we try to, um, well, I suppose what I'm trying to say is, where do we what do we want to do to just make sure there's a the box ticked to make the environment as comfortable as possible and then are there other things that we need to bring in to be talking about so for example my own area research is around fundamental movement skills and stuff like that so i know that when male or female go through that growth sport in their teenage years that they're gonna get a period of of where their coordination is going to be all over the place right so that's a really comfortable conversation for me to be able to have because i know it backwards okay but what else can we do? What else? I'm, I'm thinking of coaches listening who who may be able to, who may be thinking, well, I'm involved in a group or an age group that are that age or coming to that age. So what else can we do? Yeah, I guess there's 
a good few things that can be done to make it like sport more accessible when you're going through that change. Um, I think the first thing is for any coaches whose teams still have white shorts, definitely get rid of them because even with my team, we used to have white shorts. I'd always wear like the undershorts under to make sure there was no chance of there being like a leak or anything. So I think like even having navy shorts or moving away, it's such a simple thing that removes a lot of stress or anxiety for young players. Um, so that's kind of one thing. Another thing that I think isn't really touched upon that much is the fact that around period poverty. So that's the inability to afford or access period products. And we know from our own research that it's one in three third level students. Um, and then it's one in two secondary school students. And Plan International also found that it's one in two secondary school students. So when you think about it, like a secondary school student is what, 11, 12, up to 18, and then 18 plus, that's all the age groups that are still playing sport. And period poverty is so prominent among those age groups. So for there to be uh, accessibility to period products at training, like I know, for example, when we were playing sport before, like whether it's football or camogie, some places you'd go to to play a match, there'd be no bathroom. <laughs> um, so like it makes it very hard then when you don't even have access to basic things like that, if you need to change a pad or tampon before a game, like if you've traveled a long way or something. Um, and as well, there's nothing worse if you get your period unexpectedly and you're at training and you can kind of feel and you think you're paranoid in your head you're like oh my god did I just get it so for there to be an access of period products whether it's in like the bathroom in the clubhouse or if the first aid kit just has them so the players can go and take them if they need them um because it's just so hard to know with the different circumstances like some um parents and guardians have prepared their children and they're like everything is talked about at home whereas some people as i said have hid their periods for a while because they're not comfortable so they don't have access to period products so even if like they go to play sport and there's some in the first aid kit or in the bathroom that they can access it can make a big difference to someone um and i think as well other things like there is for some people young people like I know Kira, we're kind of opposite. Kira doesn't like to do any exercise on her period, whereas I, it makes it helps me. It makes me feel better. Um, so like sport can help you when it comes to cramps, etc. And I think a lot of people kind of shy away from playing sport when they're on their period. But it's good, I think, for coaches to encourage that um, and say, you know, like it is good. It's good for your well-being to get out and about and do a bit of exercise. Um, but at the same time, you know, being understanding that if someone's not, you know, given that they're all in the training session, that there might be another reason behind it and don't push them too far. Um, but in saying that, you know, there's some people obviously who don't care about exercise or anything like that when it comes to their period. And then I think we always encourage, like coaches could encourage their um, players to track their period. So there's plenty of apps out there um, that you can use to track your period. And, you know, when you're actually menstruating and bleeding, your energy levels and your hormones are at their lowest. So, you know, for an athlete kind of understand um, what's happening around their body um, and like when they're going to be feeling off is good for them. So I think for coaches to maybe even encourage that so then the young player knows when to expect their period can make a huge difference. So it's kind of just showing there's resources out there and then making the efforts to make it that like their period doesn't hold them back from playing or anything like that. I think that's kind of the main things that can be done just a few off the top of my head there's plenty more I'd say oh no but that's but see that's brilliant because that's like you're giving like really really practical examples there right so so for example 
uh, encouraging people to track their periods, right? That's a really simple thing. And it's, it's, it's one sentence. And then all of a sudden, you're, you're empowering the athletes to actually control it, to, to take control over the situation, right? The white shorts, that there's a, something that anyone listening can go, oh my God, such a simple thing. Maybe never thought of it. They can do that, right? Um, the facilities piece, in, in terms of the period poverty stuff, so is that, would you be suggesting then that anyone with just a first aid kit or it's make sure one of the bathrooms is stocked provided they have access to a bathroom obviously that's a that's a whole other uh can of worms um but it just just having um having a, a kit there that or a, a facility there that that people can access is it that simple that things like that so by i suppose what i'm trying to get at is again the coaches or the parents that might be listening that are involved with these teams these are things that they can really easily do without and we still haven't really got into any of the the, the awkward conversations that you's all that we've already touched on earlier yeah i think as well like definitely just having period products like you don't realize how amazing it is to a young person who has their period i always like i was in dublin two weeks ago and i went to this restaurant and there's period products in the bathroom i came out feeling alive like I was so happy I was jumping up and down I work in a period poverty organization and I was amazed that you know there's people providing period products the way it makes somebody who's menstruating feel is incredible it makes them feel important and it makes them kind of feel at ease um as well like of course like you said there the whole some clubs not having a bathroom like they don't have to be in the bathroom like Trina mentioned they'd be in the first aid kit but you know there's parents as well and guardians who come to matches and who are like avid supporters if you had a designated maybe person on your team who was you know to provide the period product or to have them on them that would mean the world um I think just having or making moves you know to like make players feel comfortable and at ease does enough in itself like I said me seeing period products in the bathroom made me feel amazing it made me feel you know like comfortable and welcome as a young player I'm picturing myself at the age of 14 as a young player if I saw that my club was providing period products or you know one of the mums or one of the dads was providing them I'd feel so at ease even if I didn't need them it would just make you feel like you're you know I don't know what the word I'm looking for is now but and I think as well, just to add something to that that I just thought about, um, this is something we always, so we work with a number of different um, student unions and companies and they provide period products, but we always tell them provide a range of period products because, you know, some people assume, oh, well, oh, they're all going to use a pad or they're all going to use a tampon. Um, so it's just, you know, like, it's very easy to provide the period products so make sure you have like a few pads or a few tampons so like the player can decide what they're most comfortable using because some people don't like to use tampons at all and then other people don't like to use pads and a simple thing like that can make a difference and I think as well you know like if hopefully some people listening will be encouraged to provide period products for any of their players that might need them um some people react very differently like some young players will have no problem walking up and saying oh I need a pad I need a tampon whereas others won't want to talk about it at all so you can say like whether they're in the bathroom or they're in the first aid kit like they can access them without having to ask anyone if they're embarrassed to um because even no matter how many times you have the conversation there's still like some people are going to feel awkward about it and that's no problem at all it's just making everyone comfortable so I think and just having them there and letting them know where they can access them if they don't want to ask anyone and just want to take it, you know, that's another thing as well um, that can be done. 
Yeah, and again, it's really practical things. So that's, I suppose, that the three or four takeaways that we can uh, people listening can take straight away from this, and that can action, and and a can action knowing that they're doing the right thing as well. If that makes sense. Um, there's one other thing I wanted to touch on in terms of um, and it's it's both male and female, I suppose. It, when when people go through puberty, their bodies change, and 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 um, I know at uh, for teenage girls, body image then becomes a huge issue and becomes a huge topic of discussion. Um, so, I, I, can you touch on any of these things that maybe um, you see in in the work that you guys do, and and I suppose how can a coach or or, or a parent can we uh, prepare young girls going into that transition, and how can we ch- uh, prepare them to to deal with these issues and to to potentially okay, my body may change or my body is going to change or my body has changed and how that, because the last thing, so you hear about this all the time in the research, body image is a huge thing in terms of uh, female dropout of sport. Okay, so what I'm, on, I'm wondering, is there anything that we can do as coaches, as parents? Is it an education thing again? Is it awareness or what is it? How can we help girls to be more prepared for this? I think combined, it's both education and awareness. I don't think no matter where we are in 20 years time, 30 years time, like when a young person gets their period, they're probably going to get acne with it. It's going to be terrible. They're going to feel terrible. I don't like personally, I I feel like you're always going to have young people feeling like they're not okay with the physical changes that come with puberty that follow and accompany menstruation. But I suppose, like I said, their awareness, having coaches, parents, guardians, whoever it may be, having them not point those things out, I suppose, or not maybe throw a few comments like towards young players or just I'm not asking people to be hypersensitive because I feel like that's what a lot of people when we talk about period poverty and period stigma they're like oh you can't say anything anymore you know this typical kind of thing but just being aware that you know in a young person's mind they see themselves 20 times worse than they are you know it's like oh my god I have this spot in my cheek and oh my god I I can go out I really can't go out and it's you know it's a mental thing as well um so I feel like the best thing for a coach, parent, or guardian to do is just to be aware, be it not too hypersensitive, but just not to be like, oh, Mary, you're looking a bit chubby there, aren't you? Like, you know, something, just be a little bit different um, and aware. I think that's what I would say anyway. I don't know about you, Katrina. Yeah, I think it's just so important for parents, guardians, coaches. Like, it's so, from school, we always know when girls and boys are separated most of the time and the boys don't hear fully about what a period is or what's happening. So um, it just makes it even more awkward for people to talk about. So I think it's just so important for everyone to understand the basics of what menstruation is um, and what's kind of happening, the changes that are happening. And I think by talking about that, like, for example, we do our secondary school education program with young students and we talk about things like the different blood color for your period. I mean, we've had students tell us they're like, oh, I didn't know my blood color was normal. I thought there was something wrong with me. So like for things like that, that is so simple, but is never, ever talked about, you know, for a parent or guardian, like this is to them really, if they can have that conversation with their children about like the different changes when it comes to a period or I don't know, there's different things like PCOS or endometriosis, like this is all very period technical, but it's still basic things um, that you, sh- like if you're educated on, then 
like if there is a young person going through those changes you know they might be too scared to talk to anyone about it but if there's someone there telling them like no this is completely normal like I know from my own experience when I got my period at first like me and my friends would kind of mention it now and again and it wasn't until we were like I don't know like 17 or 16 that we were openly talking about it so there was a few years there where no one was kind of talking about it it was just like oh you know I'm on my period and that was it and you'd be in the bathroom like trying to I don't know if you're opening a pad or something, not make noise with it so no one else knew you were on your period. So you didn't talk about it. And it's not until you get a bit older, you realize that what you're going through is completely normal. Like maybe something your body does, like it's people are a bit freaked out when we mention it, but like things like discharge that come from your period, like no one talks about it. No one tells you it's normal. Um, so for things like that, like for a young person to see things like that happening to their body, they probably think, oh, there's something wrong with me because no one has talked about it. So I think it's just so simple for parents and guardians to kind of take that effort. And like even a lot of coaches are often parents to someone on the team. Um, so for them all to try and make that effort to understand what's happening, um, I think it can be reassuring to a young person then when there's someone saying, no, this is normal. I went through that too. Like this is happening to everyone. No one's talking about it, but it's completely normal. You're not alone. And I think just to echo that there, um, lastly, like, like I said, we're not asking coaches and parents for a lot, but just a basic understanding will do the world of difference to a young, you know, a young player. A basic understanding is all everyone really needs. Yeah, I, I think it goes back to what you you both said right at the start that that just being open to having the conversation and and that understanding that that you mentioned in terms of a coach being understanding to and having a basic knowledge is not too much to ask for i don't think either um like i certainly learned a lot even from chatting to the two of you so far um you mentioned a few times the organization that you're involved with uh, any time of the month so this is a social enterprise uh, social <laughs> yeah sorry i'll say that again a social social enterprise project that the two of you have you set it up or do you want to talk to us yeah a little bit so about we're it? currently uh running any time in the month we are a student social enterprise we're a group of ul students running it so um we're part of a society in ul called anactus and anactus is a global organization it's across 36 different countries and it just supports third level students in setting up social enterprises so in Ireland, there's 10 participating colleges and obviously UL is our Anactus team and we have a range of different projects tackling different social issues. But we're working on any time of the month and we're tackling period poverty, period stigma and the lack of period education. Um, so in addition to our full time education and part time jobs, we spend our free time volunteering and working on any time of the month. So we have a team across loads of different courses. Um, but every year in May, um, we have the Enactus Ireland National Competition. So we have um, the 10 colleges in Ireland compete against each other to find the national champion. Um, so the national champion would be the team with the most innovative, socially sustainable and projects that are making a real impact. So in May, we presented any time of the month for UL and we won. It was the first time ever for UL to win it. So it was just so fantastic to see us get that national recognition because periods are such a taboo subject um, in Irish society. So for our work to be recognised and the difference it's making. Um, so now in October, we will get to represent Ireland at the Enactus World Cup um, against the 36 other countries. So it's just phenomenal to see our project going to such a prestigious international stage. Um, and we'll have everyone talking about periods soon. Oh, well, fair play, because like, as I said, it, it, like, 
you say it's a taboo, a taboo subject. It's great to see it getting the attention that it needs, and and it, and it probably needs more conversations like this. And hopefully now, when it, when you come back with the World Cup in in the back pocket, and uh, it shine even more light on it. Um, like if people listening today, um, if or so parents or coaches who are involved with a, a young female team, um, what would be the biggest takeaway that you'd like them to take? So if they were only listening to this last few minutes. What what would you, your biggest message be from the both of you? I think for me, anyway, um, remembering how I was um, in school and, you know, playing sport, I think I would have just wanted somebody to understand me. Now, that's a personal kind of a thing. But, you know, I loved swimming so much. And I left because I was like, I can't find that balance between managing puberty and, you know, being a swimmer. If I had a coach or if my coach had someone understanding of how, you know, we adapt puberty to your training sessions, I think that would have done the world of good. Um, as well, then in general terms, I think, and I've said it so many times in this um, podcast, just having a conversation, being aware, like we see in any time in the month, I cannot explain to you what a conversation will do. Um, we have had some amazing conversations that have led to fantastic opportunities that have educated us on things that we never thought we would, you know, be educated upon. Um, the power of education, the power of conversation is phenomenal. Um, I'm a true believer in words, but that might just be because I like writing. Um, <laughs> um, that might be personal. But yeah, no, definitely for me anyway, just fostering a conversation and being a little understanding and aware. Yeah, I think just to add to that, it's so important to have that conversation. I think periods have become such a taboo subject because no one talks about it. You know, if it was talked about, it wouldn't be this big awkward thing. Um, and I think especially probably for a lot of male coaches listening, they're just like, no, I don't want to talk about that with the girls. Like, I just don't want to do that. But it will make such a difference. Like, I don't know whether you practice with your sister or your cousin or your daughter, first of all, and you sit down and have a chat with them before you go to the full team. Like, just the more you talk about it, the less awkward it gets. Like, the first conversation is probably going to be very awkward for everyone involved if you haven't had it before. Um, but the more you openly talk about it, the less awkward it gets and the more comfortable everyone is going to become around it. And, you know, I think there were a few action points that we mentioned there, like whether it's um, providing free period products and letting your players know that they can access them. Simple thing, get rid of the white shorts. <laughs> they shouldn't exist. Um, and as well, you know, just like encouraging them track their period. Um, so then at least the player can understand their own body a bit more. Like there's resources out there. There's plenty of apps, you know, they all have a phone. <laughs> they can definitely help themselves in some way. But there's loads of different things that you can do to make it more sport more accessible because sport is such a fantastic thing for young people to be involved in and often you know like there is such a big dropout rate for young girls and I think if we can make any difference to help keep some young girls in sport like whether that's making their periods one less barrier um we can do everything we can to do that so yeah and as well as like there is so many resources out there maybe they're not you know from kind of sporting bodies or government bodies for coaches to use but like we are so active on social media I'm plugging off now because I, I will because we are quite amazing um we provide so much educational content on our social media I was actually talking to a young girl this morning and she was telling me how much she learned from our Instagram page alone you know if a coach was just maybe to pop on to an Instagram page you know go to NHS, HSC, wherever you want to go and just maybe like immerse themselves in 
the education for 10 minutes. It's not the leaving cert. You don't have to learn the different parts of the reproductive system. We're not asking for a lot. Um, and I think if we had some young athletes or some professional athletes talk, they would really echo that same thing. It's not asking for a lot. It's just a bit of awareness and understanding. So yes, while we're talking about our Instagram and social media, um, we're at any time of the month um, across all social media. Um, and we're very yeah. down with the kids on TikTok and all that. <laughs> As Kira said, like we are very active. We have a series that we call Menstrual Monday. So every Monday we post like an educational thing about periods. And I'm constantly learning because I'm like, oh, I didn't even know that about my own body. And that's what happens with my period. So it's a very easy way for young people to learn a bit more about what's happening with their period. So we definitely do that. We also have um, uh, with our secondary school content, we're um, putting that onto our website. So we'll have a website update in the next two to three weeks. Um, so they'd be very informative because I know it can be so confusing for a young person or even anyone trying to understand periods when you're going through Google and there's so many things coming up where you're like, what's accurate, what's not accurate. So our information, um, we worked with health professionals to bring it together and kind of condense it into a form where it's easy to understand. So we'll have access to that kind of education on our website soon as well. And of course, um, we're excited to work with the Camogie Association in the upcoming um, training events. So if anyone wants to learn more about periods and how you can um, make it one less barrier for your players and make it more comfortable, um, we'll be talking about all of that. Yeah, exactly. Gail, that's fantastic. And uh, a couple of things you mentioned there, like the whole thing, like part of this podcast series is about how we retain uh, young girls in sport and uh, it's the biggest one of our biggest issues in Ireland we have huge dropout in teenage sport and this is such a simple thing that you, you mentioned that is not talked about okay and I hold my hands up myself in terms of if I demonstrated any ignorance in any of the questions or anything like that that I asked but these have been fantastic in the clarity and the practical tips that you've given and I think anyone listening will be able to take loads from this okay um I've finished with the three main points I've written down over and over here as I'm taking notes through this, being open, uh, educating yourself just a little, and then signposting uh, coaches to, or, 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 get, or your athletes towards those practical things. Um, and I think anyone listening can uh, can can take from that. Uh, girls, thank you so much. It's remarkable um, at your age of what you've achieved and, and how uh, eloquent you're able to talk about uh uh, what is a, a tricky subject to talk about, particularly in Ireland. So uh, thank you so much for giving up your time. This podcast series has been brought to you by Tesco in partnership with the Camogie Association. Tesco, every little helps.